cut. Okay. Mike, that was good. I liked that. We were almost there. We were almost there. Just, okay. again, bring it home. Let's just do one more take. Bring it home, okay? Okay, okay. Let's roll sound. Roll camera. Mark it. KFR episode 222, take 327. Mark it. Settle, settle. Action. The following Oblivion contains podcasts for living in spoilers. You haven't warned. It's perfect. Perfect. Oh, great. It's, we're great. good. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel Magusto. How you doing, Glenn? I'm I'm so sore right now. Yeah, I, you've to, been working like a like a, a guy oh. who works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, today I had to uh, do a lot of power washing, and by a lot I mean for ten hours straight. So my body does not like Oof. me right now. Oof. Uh, and I need a lot of sleep. But well, who can sleep when we have to watch some mother freaking movies? I know we got to watch these movies before mm-hmm. you can sleep. So uh, let's let's get into it. What movies did you watch this week? I know I, probably not, or the past two weeks. Actually, I I have watched a few movies. Believe Ooh. me. Not. Yeah, yeah. One with you, one without oh, yes. you, but several in between. Technically, mm-hmm. two with me. What's the second one? Argyle and Zone of Interest. Fuck, dude, this two week thing is. Cr- it's hey. it's so it's so good for me, but also yeah. <laughs> my memory. I was memory? gonna say you asked for it. You asked for it. <laughs> you know, I don't think I even rated Argyle, so that's why I just I always forget the ones that I don't rate. Yeah, yeah. Silly me. Anyway, yeah. so we saw two movies together, mm-hmm. <laughs> one without, and a bunch in between. So we had seen Argyle, as Mike had stated. Uh, we did a review for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's up. It's on the interwebs. It's out there. Uh, we also saw The Zone of Interest, which. Uh, Oh man, it's it's a sad boy, but that that one's out there too on yeah. the interwebs. Um, after that, I had watched the Butterfly Effect, a little rewatch. I, I wanted to see if it held up as much as I remember it. To an Goth extent, Ethan Suppley is, is what mm. I like to call that one. Yeah, oh, he's in it, and he's yeah. in her a couple times in the movie. Uh, Ethan Suppley. Oh yeah, he's he's banging away in this movie. <laughs> I don't remember that part at all, yeah. but I I, I do Couple remember him having scenes. I remember having him spikes. Mm-hmm. Are we talking the, about the same person? We are. Yep. I think you should rewatch it for a good old okay. Ethan sexy yeah. time. Okay, I will. I will. Um, so I had rewatched that, uh, seeing if it kind of held up. It to an extent it does, but at the same time it is very two uh, thousands. There's a lot of really cool ideas that happen in the movie, which is why I liked it so much. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I feel like I watched eight different movies when I was younger because there were so many different endings from what I recall, but I only watched the one uh, where he's a baby and he doesn't baby anymore. Uh, that's the ending I watched this time around. Where he, he aborts himself? <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was uh, not that being cool, but I thought the idea of the mom saying that she had two kids before um but well she didn't have two kids they uh, uh prematurely uh, uh what's the word for it um 
stillborn. So yeah. I think the ending that I watched where the boar or the baby, uh, the, the, <laughs> the baby annihilates itself. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's very clever because I think the two babies that uh, were stillborn probably did the same thing. So now she's got a threefer yeah. uh, and that's crazy to think about. Um, so I, yeah, I, think about I enjoyed the movie again. I didn't like it as much as I did when I was younger, but that's a lot of movies. Yeah. Uh, but this whole list is kind of a, a bunch of movies that I saw when I was younger, and I wanted to give them a retry. I uh, mm-hmm. watched Mr. Deeds again. That's an amazing yeah. movie. You can't go wrong with those old Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, Adam uh, Sandler's great. Very, very sneaky, sir. Very, very sneaky. <laughs> uh, and then I had just finished before the podcast watching uh, Employee of the Month with Dane Cook. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That guy had a career for like two minutes. He he had it for he was on top of the world for a while there. Yeah, and then um, I, I think it's still some pretty jokes decent. Allegedly, so yeah, I think it's still pretty decent as far as the movie goes. Um, but I mean, it, it's 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 definitely a, about its time. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, uh, Dak Shepard's great, and pretty much the whole cast is pretty funny. Yeah, but uh, still just okay. Uh, after that, I watched Living in Oblivion. Oblivion. Uh, which we, sh- we shall get into. But, Mike. Yes. Mm, what did you watch, buddy? I watched uh, 15 movies since our last recording. Oh! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not going to go through damn. all of them, as always. Uh, you know, with, with the new the new child around, I've always, I've taken, like, the last three hours of the night when everyone's asleep for myself to just mm-hmm. usually watch movies, sometimes work on writing or whatever. Uh, so that's why I've been watching a lot of movies. Uh, first one I'll mention is Cold Souls, which is a movie where Paul Giamatti plays Paul Giamatti, and he goes to this service that takes out your soul because his soul's weighing him down. Uh, it's very interesting. I uh, really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's not going to be for everybody because it's a little abstract, obviously. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's Cold Souls. Then I watched uh, the the Safdie brothers, Benny and Josh Safdie, you know, uh, Good Times, Uncut Gems. I watched their first feature-length film, Daddy Long Legs, which is about this uh, dad uh, who gets his sons for two weeks, and I think it's like the only two weeks in a year he gets to see them. Uh, And, you know, whenever there's movies about dads who are divorced and barely get to see their kids, it's always like tugging at your heartstrings. They're like, why doesn't he get to see his kids more? With this one, this guy shouldn't see his kids very much. And when... (laughs) when he does they probably maybe shouldn't be supervised he definitely loves them but he does so much stupid shit that <laughs> like like he he at one point he has to work uh so instead of giving getting a babysitter or something he just drugs them so they don't wake up and then but mm-hmm. he, he drugs them a little too much so they sleep for like three days and then while they're sleeping in his apartment just a he's light out coma. and about doing other things this is in new york city mind you mm-hmm. uh, i would say not even your apartment's terribly safe i mean it's it's safe enough but like not for children you shouldn't even do that in a suburb if your kids are sleeping home alone you shouldn't do that uh but yeah that whole time i was just like he's a good dad but he's also a horrible dad (laughs) (laughs) um i watched a few other things then i watched uh, a movie uh one of the uh international features uh for the oscars this year anatomy of a fall i believe it's also nominated for best picture i could be mistaken no it it definitely isn't pretty sure Mm. uh this is a kind of a courtroom drama uh woman's uh, husband dies under mysterious circumstances and she is accused of killing him 
and it is just the you know the the courtroom and you're never told whether or not she did do it uh and it, it just kind of you know it's one of those movies that if if you're like me it makes you angry because uh uh I should never be subpoenaed in court because I will definitely be held in contempt of court because <laughs> I I hate it when people cut me off while I'm talking yeah. uh which is funny cuz I cut you off all the time and that's okay what can, it's so still I, coming in the mail <laughs> when it is like a friendly conversation i don't mind being cut off and vice versa but when it's like an argument i feel like people need to just let people answer questions and then also the thing i hate about courts is that uh they always want a yes or no answer mm-hmm. not every question could be answered in yes or no and i hate that they're like, oh, it has to be yes or no. It's like, yes, some things are gray areas, Mister. Yeah, uh, you should you should know this. Um, so yeah, Anatomy of Fall is really great. I highly suggest people watch it. Uh, you should watch it, Glenn. Ooh, just just put it on. Uh, put it put it uh, made it available for you in, in ways. Uh, watch Zone <laughs> of Interest. We'll we'll get. Uh, well, we have a review for that. Yeah. Uh, watched another film called Return to Soul, which is about a uh, a woman who was uh, born in Korea but became an orphan. Uh, and was uh, adopted in France, and she goes back to Korea, and it's about her finding her family, uh, and it's not exactly as magical as she was expecting it to be. Love the concept. Mm-hmm. The woman was unbearable, though. Ooh. She uh, was just rude to everyone, even the people trying to help her. Um and, oh, granted, I've never been a Korean woman uh, who was <laughs> adopted by a French family and then returned to But she's what? she's so mean to everyone that I do not care. Like to me, it's better if her parents never find her again. Yeah, and the, you're you're like trying to feel for her. Like it's a good enough movie, but she's just so annoying. Like there's these people that help her go above and beyond helping her, and then she's just like rude to them right away yeah at the at the end of the, of the, uh, them helping her and it's just like what what is your deal lady like what? i know you have trauma what is this mo you got girl but don't take your trauma out on people who have nothing to do with your trauma mm-hmm. yeah. so like she meets her dad and it's just rude to him because he's like very apologetic and wanting to reconnect with her but like a little too much he's a little too pushy admittedly a little too pushy mm-hmm but she could just be like, I understand that we need space. But she never says that. She never says that. And it's very yeah, frustrating. Ban- boundaries can be set. Yeah, boundaries are, are very good. Uh, then I watched God's Creatures, a Paul, uh, Paul, yeah, Paul Meskel movie uh, with mm-hmm. Emily Mortimer. Uh, Irish family. Uh, Irish dude returns home to his family. Uh, commits a crime. His mom lies about said crime to protect him. And then it's just the guilt that she feels about it. Really good movie. I highly suggest people check that out. Uh, then I watched Living in Oblivion. We'll get to that in just a second. The last one I'll talk about is Certain Women. Uh, it's a movie directed by Kelly Reichardt, uh, who directed First Cow, uh, which is an A24 movie from mm-hmm. 2020, I want to believe. Really good movie. This movie, of course, is getting kind of a, uh, a, a renaissance because it, uh, one of Lily Gladstone's first movie, Lily Gladstone, Killers of a Flower Moon, Oscar mm-hmm. nominee. Um, she's fantastic in it. Like, sh- something about, like, her... She can be so subtle in a movie, but is so captivating despite how subtle she is. Oh, yeah. Like, you just can't take... She's not doing anything mm-hmm. that's super, like, crazy emotional or whatever, but you just can't take your eyes because she's just so natural. 
mm-hmm. in what she's doing. Uh, and uh, this is essentially like three stories about women in Montana that are intertwined, and it's really good. I uh, highly suggest people that check it out. But without any further ado, let's oh. get into Living in Oblivion. Lock it up. Okay, here we go. And roll sound. D. Nick Rev is making a movie. Action. He's wonderful, isn't he? It's something most of us only dream of doing. How'd you get into cinematography? No, I'm, I'm directing this movie. How'd you get into directing? But for Nick... Hey, Bob! Hey, Bob! Rolling! The dream... Cut! Do I have to do everything myself here? ...is becoming a nightmare. What is your name, anyway? Ah! 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 Clear the set! Steve Buscemi... I freak out in your dream, I freak out in my dream, the longer I'm exhausted. Sounds kind of like an identity crisis. Catherine Keener... Nick? Yeah? Dermot Mulroney. Hey, that's my iPad! Can I borrow it, Wolf? Nick, it just feels right. James LaGrosse. I play a sexy uh, serial killer that checks up with one of my writers. In a love story filmed somewhere between fantasy... I can walk through just about anything, like air. Reality... I think you could see I'm under a little pressure here. And oblivion. Living in oblivion, scene six, take one, let's shoot it! Kiss my ass! Yeah! Right now we're making a movie! Living in Oblivion, the new film by Tom DiCillo. You know, the only reason I took a part in this movie is because someone said that you were tight with Quentin Tarantino. The ultimate tribute to all independent filmmakers takes place during one day on the set of a non-budget movie. Written and directed by Tom DiCillo, starring Steve Buscemi, Catherine Keener, Dermot Mulroney, Danielle Von Zernick, uh, James LaGrosse, and Peter Dinklage. Other people in there, people will recognize Kevin Corrigan. Um, and that is more or less it. There are many people on there, but you might recognize some, you might not. Uh, but this, of course, was on my long list of movies that Glenn picked a number and it landed on mm. this one. Uh, I watched this in college for the first time, my film history class. Um, and, uh, you know, they wanted to give you a idea of what a, a crazy set might be like and that this was a very accurate representation of what sets could be like regarding the lingo and how, you know, the hierarchy goes and everything. Yep. And when I was watching it, I was just kind of, like, transported back to all the lingo and the slang that I was taught, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, talking about... Um, and that you taught me. Yeah, a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, not as fluent in film set ease as I, I'd like to be, uh, especially since I run... Like I make when I make my own movies, it's my set, so it doesn't necessarily need to be... <laughs> as on top of things as possible. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's just a fun behind the scenes of a movie that doesn't exist. Yep. And it's funny. It's it it's it really shows the stress of making a movie. Uh and I it's just a fun movie. I I, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I do because uh, I this is my third time watching it in general and I I like it every single time I watch it. Yeah, I'd say uh, it's definitely like a more <laughs> overdramatic version of how yes, you yes. run your movies. Like uh, for me, walking into like, you know, uh, when you did your first movie uh, with actual people, not just like uh, me and my roommates. Uh, <laughs> when when there was actual people. Are talking people, about Valerie you were, or Eugene versus yeah, Humanity? Yeah, Valerie, Eugene Valerie. versus Humanity and The Plea. It's just like, obviously this is a much, you know, over dramatized version of how we handled it 
Yeah. But like, as soon as they were saying all the things and the roll camera, roll speed, roll all that, I was mm-hmm. like, I started getting PTSD. I'm like, oh, oh, oh shit. Oh. <laughs> Especially right away when they, they hit the lights and nobody warns anybody and all I could think is, Flame on, fucking eyes! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all I thought about immediately. Yeah. Like, oh, we're, we're getting into some PTSD yeah. here. Um, for, for those of you who are not aware of this story, uh, wh- when you're on set, you're supposed to when before you turn on a light. You're supposed to yell "eyes" so people who might be looking in that direction aren't blinded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I was in college, someone turned on lights um, uh, without yelling "eyes," and one of my classmates, who I love dealer, I'm not going to name him ju- just in case this is too embarrassing for him. Yeah. He just goes, "Say fucking eyes," because <laughs> <laughs> he was facing it. I guess it was just is. I, I love that moment. Like he's absolutely right, but it's just it was such a funny reaction. Just to an it, iconic man. moment that I never actually experienced uh, with that person, but it yeah. lives on with me forever. Yes, it um, does. It, it's it's a great memory I have. But uh, yeah, that that's one moment. Uh, I think Flame On might be outdated. I don't know. I've never been on like a really truly professional set, mm-hmm. uh, and I think people just say eyes now. But I could be wrong. Who knows? Yeah, haven't been a part of one of those, but yeah. I can imagine that Flame On probably isn't a thing much anymore. Maybe for yeah. the new Fantastic Four that just got announced, but yeah. we'll see for that one. Um, but yeah, like uh, it was it was cool to kind of be intertwined with all the lingos and everything and just mm-hmm. how badly I n- never want to be a director. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like for the assistant uh, director, already... Or what? What is the thing for that? Assistant director? Is that it? For first AD with first yeah. assistant director. There are, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, there's only two assistant directors. The second one is the one that runs and gets uh, actors out of their trailers and everything. Mm-hmm. And then so the first is never... first is essentially the the general of the set who yells at everyone so the director doesn't have to. Yeah, I never want to be a first AD, but I also never yeah, want to be a director because that holy shit. I would rather be a director than a first AD because I don't like being mean to people. And if people are out of control, you have to be mean to people. Mm-hmm. See, uh, Jen is a kick-ass first AD. Oh, yeah. Jen, Jen's, Jen's great. I, I She's love got Jen. that shit down to a T. Yeah. I could never do that. I don't mm-hmm. like talking to people, let alone yelling at people. <laughs> yeah. So that's already a nightmare. And just being a director on its own, just having a – counsel people and just try to get them into that space is way too much for me i can't mm-hmm. even get to my own spaces like an air quotes actor i'm like oh you want me to talk different is <laughs> does he not like me anymore i get too caught up in my own shit <laughs> i can so being being in any of these positions like i'm good with with speed good with sound i could do i could do, i could hit some boards together i could do all the other stuff don't yell at me. Don't please don't yell at me. I'm trying. It's uh, yeah. it's, it shows you how stressful it is. And you know, th- again, this is an over uh, dramatized version. Sometimes, uh, I guess, depending on the set that you're on, of how it can be. Yeah. It does get crazy like that, especially if you're I, behind schedule. Yeah, I only got that angry. I I never outburst quite like he did, but I only got that angry once on Eugene versus Humanity, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you were only there for one day because you were living in Virginia at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were shooting the murder scene in Eugene versus Humanity, 
and uh, we shot that at my sister's house for free. So yep. uh, her, I didn't like tell her neighbors we were going to be filming, and because most of the time when you're filming something, most people know to be quiet and to kind of just leave you alone. Yeah. Uh, her, my sister's neighbor's a little kooky, very nice, but a little <laughs> kooky. So we were trying to film that murder scene. Uh, it was 13 degrees out, I want to say. Oh, yeah. And he kept letting his dogs out. And, and because because I'm using this place for free I, and I don't have money to pay this guy, I don't want to tell him to take your dogs inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he just keeps and then he keeps coming out and just sitting and like watching us. And then like uh, it was our I think it was our 12th take of uh, one of the shots. Yeah. Um, and every single take had been interrupted by him letting his dogs out. Uh, just being a nosy little guy. <laughs> yeah, and so he he let his dogs out the twelfth time. I just put my camera on the ground and went inside and like like Eugene does in Eugene versus Manny, like fought the air. I was just like, yeah. ah! <laughs> <laughs> so that was the closest I've ever been to being Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Um, most of the time, I'm just like whatever. I'm a piece of shit failure anyway, so this doesn't <laughs> matter. So my my self hatred often helps me stay calm. Yeah, when I mean I'm making that can, a movie that can get super aggravating when yeah. shit's kind of not going your way, and you're already kind of not saying you're behind schedule for that, but you end up just the smallest thing could make you behind schedule and just make everything heightened. Yeah, just as like far as tension goes for, uh, on set. In the plea during Colin's monologue, the chickens. Oh my god! And the cows. <laughs> and the cows. I almost rang those chickens' necks. Yeah, it's, it's just the, with the plea. Every time we were getting into it, the chickens were in the <laughs> background, or they would make a bunch of noise. It was like, yeah, stop it, little chicky poo. Yeah, it, it was it was crazy, but yeah, um, this I think this is just a fun exaggeration, like you said, of the the stresses that can happen on a set, and yeah. it's, it's just has it has a lot of fun with it. I think everybody's great in it. I think I think the coolest part was. I mean, between the first and uh, second, you know, sequences is mm-hmm. it going from black and white being like on set and in real life to in color on on the camera and in the scenes. I thought yeah. that was really well done and really cool showing you like the difference between the two, not just and like it doesn't do the opposite. The second dream sequence. Yeah. It, it, so yeah. Like, they're, they're in it and like the, it's like a it's like a cool like black and white when they're all getting mm-hmm. ready. And then once the, the movie and they start acting, it goes to color. And then in the second sequence, you know, a- after, you know, it's found out that it's a dream and the second sequence, it's the opposite. So yeah, they're in color on the set. And then once they start shooting, it's in black and white. I thought that was super cool. I like mm-hmm. a really nice touch to show you kind of more of just like the difference between like when they're dialed in versus like, you know, versus like what kind of movie they're making. And, uh, Instead of just like just all color or all black, I thought it was going to be an all black and white movie. So seeing that happen in real time, not knowing that it was going to go color, I was like, "Whoa, shit!" Yeah, <laughs> my pants. It's striking they go. color too. It's striking color too. Like yeah, uh, uh, the first time they show um, Catherine Keener in color. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't she have like red lipstick on and then like is a blue background? And I think so. Um, it's, it's just very vibrant. The color that it is. Yeah, uh, and, the, the, and the colors pop. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's very striking in, in how they do it. Um, 
but yeah, I, I love the style of that. Uh, mm-hmm. The third, the, the when it's actually reality, does it flip back and forth or does it just stay color? I the think whole it's time? just I, full color in in that one. Yeah, um, pretty I, I sure. think you're right. I just I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, um, which was nice because then you you don't really realize that it didn't switch at all um, mm-hmm. until the like the end of the movie. You're like, oh shit, that one was real. Uh, because I mean, other than you know. I was looking at the time, like, is there going to be another... Like, I could watch these these sequences like this f- for probably another two hours. Like, I'd be cool yeah. with that, just seeing how they play out, you know, what the fuck is going wrong with the set every time, or yeah. or just, like, different scenarios on, on what movie they're making. I could keep watching those, and, like, I was getting closer to the end of the movie, I'm like, oh, shit, the movie's almost over. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I guess this is it's wrapping fast, it up. It's, I mean, it's only 90 minutes, but it's mm-hmm. a fast 90 minutes. It is a very fast um, 90 minutes. Like, blink and you'll miss it. So, mm. yeah, it, it's it's just so high energy that it keeps you, you know, intrigued the whole time. Um, and And I kind of love how cliche the actual script mm-hmm. is. Uh, like it's it's very cliche for like an indie film, like a very low budget indie film. Uh, you know, um, um, the the one scene they're doing in the first dream is uh, a woman confronting her mom about being abused, uh, and then the second one is um, what's the second one? Oh, it's a, <laughs> it's that romance one. Yeah, the romance one. Uh, which, by the way, that that character uh, Chad is just hilarious. I, uh, played by James Lagrosse. I um, fucking hated him. Did not he that, remind not, not you of I, someone? Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Won't say anybody, but yeah, that that character was that was the point of the character too. It's it was yeah. also he's a, su- just, you're supposed to hate him. Yeah, he's also just a wrench in the director's fucking mm-hmm. wheelhouse. Um, yeah. And he, God, he was so fucking. I'm I'm like I'm not even directing the movie. I just want to knock this guy out. Yeah. <laughs> and then the whole shit going on with Wanda and Wolf and like how you know Ch- Chad was being a Chad. Um, I just was pissing me off more. I'm like this guy. I, the only thing I would have changed with that that whole second sequence is like I wish Wolf at least got a punch in before he just got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was kind of funny that he just got knocked the fuck yeah, out, but especially since he was angry and waiting for this happen yeah. or to happen the whole time. And but it also makes go, sense <laughs> that it's it's from the perspective of Catherine Keener. Yeah. Who like I feel like uh uh I mean, I'm speculating here, but I, I, this is why I wonder if they why they chose that. Like a woman would think it was just funny that a guy who's trying to defend another woman <laughs> just gets knocked out, um, and that that's why I think they made that choice. But I'm not obviously I, I'm not the filmmaker, so I have no idea. Uh, but apparently, James Lagrosse, uh, they never mentioned obviously which uh, actor it was, but he based everything that he did for that character on a uh an actor he had worked with before that is uh apparently a self-absorbed hollywood star uh not brad pitt they did say that much because brad pitt was originally supposed to play chad yeah um and and uh i went on to you know sometimes when actors have like creative choices that they want to throw to the director Mm -hmm. sure but when you just do them yeah. That shit pisses me off more than and it, it like just wastes time. It wastes everybody's time. Like mm-hmm. so they have to reset up shots, they have to reset up lighting, they have to reset up everything. 
them just making choices like that just fucking pisses me off like in real yeah. life so let's obviously it's not just like this movie but like when sh- when people have like no frame of mind to just like hey hey you know i want to run this by you uh see, yeah. see what you think about it this shit drives me nuts like <laughs> that's grounds for me headbutting yeah. you honestly <laughs> It's it's kind of like uh, there's so many actors out there that like just want to control the stories. Like if you want to control the story, mm-hmm. be a fucking director. Don't be an actor. It's, it's the director and the writer's job to control the story. It's one thing like, if you want to tweak the dialogue a little bit because you feel more yeah, in yeah. the moment. As for long like as the tone, the tone and the message is the same. Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit? Unless you're working for the Coen Brothers and every word they write is perfect. <laughs> uh, uh, it's like. Change, change, whatever you yeah. know, uh, with the the writer and director's permission, of course. But it's it's just it, it is so frustrating how many actors. I understand wanting to take control of your character, mm-hmm. but if it's to the point where it's dismantling the movie, you're doing it incorrectly. Yeah, it's one thing to be like, uh, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is like, oh, my character's going to eat in every scene. Yeah, because I I'm Iron Man and I, I get to eat, do that. Uh, that's one thing that you know that doesn't hurt the actual story of the movie, and doesn't uh, and it doesn't fuck up the blocking or anything because he's just yeah he already has a he, snack on the the yeah, helicopter. He knows his blocking, <laughs> so he hides the snacks where where he's gonna be. Is, yeah, which is my favorite behind the scenes story of any Marvel movie. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, to to be like what he was doing is he was upstaging in a film. Yep, which you know it's. He, he was making a movie about Catherine Keener's character become a movie about his character. Yeah. And that is just, you know, and, and to, to use your leverage, your uh, celebrity as a way to guilt people into listening to you is just a bullshit move. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's so annoying. It, uh, there's many actors that, yeah, allegedly do that. Granted, that, I that have never been around them. The but. shit out of me as far as the whole movie went, but, it was supposed to do that. It was. Yeah, uh, it yeah. did its job correctly. <laughs> yes, it's, it's not a fault of the movie. It's yeah. It's the character, uh, and honestly, it'd probably be a, a more boring movie without it. Honestly, it added something different. Like to the two dream sequences, it added something different to where it didn't feel like the first one. Like yeah. they they changed so many like flaws with like being on set and like the things that could go wrong. That like each sequence brought something at, at least new. Like they like yeah. wasn't just like a oh, I flubbed my line or something like that. It was mm-hmm. something pretty much new every single yeah. time they they ran a shot. Um, Light exploding, someone missing their mark. Yep. Uh, street sounds coming through, which is probably the one that we've I've had to cut the most with. Um, oh no! Oh. oh. Speak of the devil. <laughs> speak of the devil. Um, booms being in the shots. Yeah, yada, booms yada, being in the shots. Yada. It's. Uh, I also like that it's. You know, a, a lot of people think. Granted, some directors make it so you can't. They want to be the only ones to say cut. But mm-hmm. like the hierarchy, if a if a take is visually unusable, a yep. camera operator can call cut. Um, so like I like that they included that where Dermot Mulroney's character called cut, uh, mm-hmm. and. You know, some looser ones will. If sound is off too, they'll they'll let them call cut, which happened in this as well. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it's I don't know. It makes me want to get back on a set. I haven't made a movie since, same uh, since twenty twenty two. Two years since mm-hmm. I've been on a set. 
And this is because it's expensive. And also, I have kids now, and yeah, it's 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 definitely harder yeah. uh, as as me being a single person. <laughs> um, <laughs> now it, it definitely made me want to uh, hop back in, but I know as soon as I get in there, I'm going to be so overwhelmed. But I'm gonna. It, it's always. It's like the event that I just had at at work, right? So mm-hmm. like in the situation, it's it feels fucking terrible at the time because there's just so much shit going on, you got to focus on so many different things. But mm-hmm. once it's over, you're like that was so much fun. I loved doing that yeah. every single time. That's how um, I am every I'm probably the only filmmaker who hates I don't want to say I hate production, but mm-hmm. production is my least favorite part just because of how stressed I am the entire time. It's uh, it's super stressful. Yeah, I hate like, being in the moment, but looking back, I'm like, that was so much fun. I'm yeah. glad we had those memories together. <laughs> like when we shot the plea, we were in those mountains and the snow and everything. Yep. I don't know if I seemed stressed, but I was incredibly stressed the entire time. I, mean, I was just I was exhausted. You were, you were definitely stressed, but you weren't I feel like you weren't showing it as hard as you probably were actually yeah, stressed. I'm pretty good at, at hiding if I if it needs to be hidden how how stressed I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and we, we did really good for that too. That yeah, that whole yeah. shoot. I, we, so. That was the biggest crew I've had too. I think it was ten people crew, mm-hmm. including the cast, which the cast was only three people. But yeah, um, but yeah, that, that was a, I I I, I want to do that again. That was so much fun. I'm hoping it was fun. I can make something soon. But yeah, I don't really. This it's kind of just a straightforward movie. I, I love all the different yeah. characters there are. Like the one. Uh, I don't know if he's a grip or a gaffer or whatever. The guy with the red hat. Uh, the gaffer, I think. Yeah, he keeps trying to sell his script or <laughs> get Pitch's people on movie. the script. Uh, but did you hear what his script was about I, uh, at the end? I, I can't remember it now, but it was like some something in Japan. A Japanese he, tsunami hits New York, <laughs> which I'm not a, uh, a geologist or someone who studies earthquakes. I don't know what yeah. that's called. But I'm pretty sure a Japanese tsunami can't hit New York. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, I mean, it it probably could. I mean, you never know. It could be like some. Yeah, uh, anything's s- possible, I guess. Some day after tomorrow type shit. But the Earth is flat, as we all know. So. If, well, yeah. I mean, it, the tsunami it's just like would fall checkers. off the world before it hit New York. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, like like you said, super straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I feel like watching this in college. Isn't as fulfillful as have like actually have done a shoot. Yes, and then I would watching agree. this, I would agree. I'm glad I watched it in college because it made me aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think th- I think they mainly showed it in college just to show you how the lingo is used. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, which it's a great example of that, but it, it I'm sure it would definitely scare some people off. It would. Um, I feel like it would definitely scare some people off. But, but with watching it after doing the shoot, you're like. That's exactly what happened. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. all had that situation. Yeah. So it's not just us. The we're, one not, thing, we're not bad. <laughs> the one thing this is missing is when uh, you think you accidentally killed one of your actors. Uh, <laughs> like um, the scene in Eugene versus Eugene. Humanity. Yeah. I swear to God, I thought I killed Khalil for for a <laughs> second. He he was so believable when he, you know, kicked the chair out and hung himself. Yeah. Uh, it, or hanged himself uh, in, in quotations. Uh, I like the sound, the movement, everything. I was just like, "Oh no, he's dead! I just killed Khalil! Oh no!" <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> and and then I was just like, 
like this, it felt like a minute, but I knew it was only like ten seconds, and then I was yeah. like, "Okay, Colin's coming out very soon. He can check to make sure Khalil's okay. <laughs> Do not call cut." And then luckily he was fine. But like, I my life flashed before my eyes I, when that happened. Uh, uh, so funny, but after the fact, not funny during, but after. The yeah, fact. I was just saying, I can only imagine being there and being like watching you uh, with your eyes wide open, probably yeah. like. <laughs> if if you ever make a movie, get yourself an actor that makes you think you killed him on accident. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's a good actor there. Um, Khalil is yeah. just amazing. Yeah, Khalil is fantastic. Him and Colin together just are a power so good. duo, man. Power power duo indeed. Uh, but yeah, I don't really have too much else to say. Catherine Keener is gorgeous mm-hmm. uh, and talented, and Super talented, talented, and and funny, and and, and funny. smart, and all those things. Just um, marry me. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and Peter Dinklage was 26 when he filmed this. Really? Yeah. Do you think it's true that he never dreams about short people or little people? You know, I didn't think about that until after he said that, and then I was like, holy shit, have I ever? It's not like you can remember most of your dreams anyway. I don't remember what I dreamed about last night. And it is a a trope in in movies. Yeah. Uh, One that I don't know if it started or continued with david lynch but david lynch has fallen victim to that trope mm-hmm. um it's it's you know it's it's weird but it, it is an interesting question like has anyone ever dreamed it's including sh- little people of it's a straight people? up shower thought it's crazy <laughs> yeah it is um but yeah I, I don't really have anything else to say except for i love the teamster guy and that i promise that's the last thing i know it keeps saying <laughs> i don't have anything to say and they keep adding stuff the teamster was yeah. hilarious the driver yeah, yeah. Uh, he was great yeah, I, I think I'm right there with you. I think it's very straightforward. Uh, it's definitely worth a watch after maybe actually doing a shoot. I feel yeah. like it would definitely scare anybody off watching it in college uh, who hasn't done one yet. Uh, but I thought it was a fantastic little sh- little shindig. Yeah. Uh, I think the guy who played the teamster, teamster is uh, Jim Jarmusch's brother Tom, maybe. Oh. So that's fun. A freaking Tom, man. Yeah, look at that. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, that does it for a review of Living in Oblivion. That brings us to the judgment. As always, it needs to be a unanimous decision when that goes the KFR shelf with Apostle and Handmaiden. This was my pick, so I get to go first. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, every single time I watch this, it is just instilled in me that it is one of the most underrated movies ever. Uh, just with how small it is, it is just not many people talk about it because not many people know about it, but it's fantastic. Uh, I really don't have any qualms, complaints with it, what have you. Yeah, uh, it's just a fun, fun movie, and is annoying when it needs to be annoying, and great when it needs to be great. So, I would say yes, it does go on the shelf. I would uh, wholeheartedly agree with you. I had no flaws with the movie. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was funny. I thought it was a little charming in certain mm-hmm. parts. Makes me want to make a movie again uh, and just be a part of the crew. Absolutely. Just, just hang out with my friends doing shit, man. Yeah, and that's never, the best part, just hanging out with friends. Never being a director. <laughs> Please, never I let lo- me be a director. Yeah. <laughs> I The one thing I learned in film school is that I don't, unless I'm really good friends with them, I don't love being on other people's sets. So, yeah. like, I, I, unless I'm really good friends with them, I want to be the director every time I'm on a set. Understandable. Which is, which is probably why I haven't really gotten... Too much success with my career, but who knows? <laughs> the, the 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 me is still middle aged, kind of. 
Yeah. What does that even mean? The anyway. me is still middle-aged. Yes. Thank you, Glenn, so, for that. <laughs> yes. So, Living in Oblivion does go on the KFO shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. That brings us to our assignment for next week. Glenn, it is your turn. So, Glenn, Whoa. what are we watching? Uh, we are going to watch a... So, I've been... Obviously, I said I was kind of on of a kick of, of movies that I saw when I was a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so... This movie, I feel like, has not been on any streaming services for a while, and I looked up today, and it was on one. I'm like, well, I didn't specifically look for it, but came mm-hmm. across it. I'm like, holy shit, gotta watch that. Uh, I don't. I feel like you've probably watched it. I didn't actually check, but I was so excited, I didn't give a fuck about checking. Uh, <laughs> so here we are. Uh, we are going to watch a little movie called Lucky Number Slevin. Oh my god, that is on my list of long movies that I. Have you pick? Yeah, so knock that bitch off, cause we're mm-hmm. <laughs> we're watching it. Yeah. Um, Reason I'm in town because of a Kansas City shove. He knows a lot of people. People connected only by the slightest of events. Give me your wallet. Am I being mugged? That is how these affairs begin. The cat's in town. Good cat? Who's good cat? He shows people dying. He vanishes. Who are you looking for? This is our guy, Nick Fisher. Who is he? The kid and I have unfinished business. Boss wants to see you. Who's the boss? The guy we work for. I'm not the guy you're looking for. I don't live here. Yeah, well, you look like the guy that lives here. Then you don't know what the guy that lives here looks like. What he means to say is you look like you live here. Yeah, that's what I mean to say. That's not Nick Fisher. I know. He set you up. <laughs> you should run. I can't. They'll kill you if you stay. They'll kill me if I leave. Time's up. I'm a world-class assassin. I'm gonna kill somebody. I'm thinking of a new option. Lucky number 11. I watched this movie. I loved it when I was younger. I remember almost nothing about it. I can't remember. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I remember loving it a shit ton. But I just don't remember anything about it now. I remember uh, loving Josh Hartnett, uh, Bruce Willis, and and everybody else that's in it. I just don't remember shit about it. Like, I straight up amnesia'd it. I remember a few things. Mm. Uh, this was my very first movie I received from Netflix on DVD. Nice. Uh, and my dad came down. Th- this movie doesn't have much sex in it, but there is a three-second sex scene in it, and my dad came down in the basement the <laughs> second that scene was on screen and was like, what are you watching? You said there was a three-second se- sex scene, and on the ad on IMDb, just like uh, Josh just uh, naked, and then... That- it looks like Morgan Freeman's hand starts choking him. I'm like, well, that's kinky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry. But, yeah, that's, you know, the that whole thing where parents seem to know exactly when a sex scene is going to happen. Oh, yeah. They just, they're just like, oh, okay. Now's the yeah. time I walk in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so lucky number 11. It is going to be on Amazon Prime. Let me get into the synopses. A case of mistaken identity lands Slevin into the middle of a war being plotted by two of the city's most rival crime bosses. Under constant surveillance, the detective uh, Brakowski and assassin Goodcat, he must get them before they get him. Directed by Paul McGuigan. 
I knew a McGuigan in high school. That's, well, I have not heard that name in a long time. Uh, written by Jason uh, Smivelock. Smilovic. Smilovic. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, again, stars Josh Arnett, Ben Kingsley, uh, Morgan Freeman, Bruce Willis, Lucy Liu, uh, Michael Robin or Rubenfeld, uh, Peter Outerbridge, Stanley Tucci. Yeah, oh, the Tucci. Stanley Gucci, baby. Yeah. Uh, and so many more. Uh, I'm excited for this one. I, I uh, hope it's as good as I don't remember it being. <laughs> one one last memory of this is that uh, my very final AIM username <laughs> was Lucky Number Slevin, followed by a number. I don't remember which number uh, mm-hmm. because I obviously wasn't the first one to do it. So clearly this movie was important to me at some point. Had to be. So, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. there it is. Yes, so Lucky Number Slevin is our next movie. You can check that out on Freebie, uh, Amazon Prime Video, and Showtime if you got Showtime. So thank you, everyone, for listening and watching. As always, you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we are Keystone underscore film underscore review. TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when I get another Netflix movie in the mail, even though they're somehow defunct. And oh. it is lucky number eleven again, and I just praise the film gods that I am now seventeen years old and have a debit card, so I can sign up for Netflix. <laughs> Me I was too. way too excited <laughs> when I finally got a debit card. That was the very first thing I did with a debit card was <laughs> sign up for Netflix. Straight Netflixed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye bye. <laughs>